0: It's time for me, it's time, the raggedy-ass
1: kid,
2: to lead the episode. Huh? Is yep. Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. in There Will Be the Blood just doing John Houston? Yes, that's, and, the, and that's, 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 yeah. that's well-reported. And I think I've always known that, but watching this, I was like, oh, yeah. because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was trying to do John Houston, and it just comes out as Daniel Plainview. Correct, yeah. Because it is. Let's
0: go for a drive.
2: Don't be thick in front of me, Brooks. <laughs> Brooksy. <laughs> yeah, it's the same voice. The future, Mr. Gitz. The future. That's my favorite. That's not from this movie. <laughs> Correct. But I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> Ooh, Brandon, look at that sweatshirt. Spartan Tuba. Thank you. Reminds me of some of the some of the sweatshirts that Lizzie Moss wears in the film Her Smell. And I would like to just go ahead and put it on the microphone here, make sure that I'm sticking my flag in on the moon now. I am officially the lead chair of the Keep Ben Impey from ever seeing her smell <laughs> committee. Uh-oh. I'm looking for co-chairs. I'm happy so to- So
2: many people have told me I will hate it. You're gonna hate it. it. You, you you will hate it. And Why you, Ben specifically uh, hating it?
0: Well, I don't want to say because I don't want to color his expectations of the movie going in, but I will say that his, he, the, the vein on his mm. temple is going to pop straight through his skin when he hears someone compare this
2: performance to Jen Rollins, which inevitably you will. <sighs> Here it comes. You will. I mean, the trailer, the like teaser clip that is released makes it. me want to kill myself. I haven't seen. Oh the, well, there you I go. I haven't seen the trailer. Like clip. I think it's unwatchable. <laughs> well, the first hour and I'm so glad that we're minutes. comparing everything to General. Rollins. Lately. I mean, I I com- <laughs> I would compare the performance to Jenna Rollins. Lady Gaga, and would- Natalie Portman. Everyone Jenna Rollins. Everyone is just doing Jenna Rollins. This is, okay, but
0: at least see the movie. Wait, no, I'm I'm in charge of keeping you from ever seeing the movie. What am I saying? Even if you disagree, which you will, I think you will understand that people have much more evidence with them, with this performance. Maybe. And comparing her to Jenna Rollins. Oh, you mean
2: more than Gaga? Mm. Yes. Sure.
0: Did I compare her to Jenna Rollins on this podcast? No. Okay.
2: But that was that, that one review that leaked super early.
0: Oh, the one that the one that said Bradley Cooper's vision was Kubrickian, Wellesian. so stupid that lad that the like, emotional got traction
2: specificity of
3: Casavetti's or whatever. Like that was from like a blog. It was a I blog know. called like <laughs> Joe's House. Like it was
2: like it was Lady Gaga's like, Uncle Joe. Yeah, it was like You sold
0: Joe's house.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> f- fucking went for.
2: Him. I, I told you, but you were drunk. <laughs> It was. You were fucking drunk. You were fucking drunk.
1: (laughs) Fucking drunk. (laughs) Those fucking fuckers didn't tell me. What does he say? (laughs) Those fuckers didn't tell me a goddamn
0: thing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I can't wait. It's
1: gonna be his Oscar clip, just him crying. The crying. Yeah, the the crying scene. Yeah. Yeah. They probably. Brandon,
0: you're not a fan of the performance either. You've let him influence you on this.
3: No, I always thought it was a little
0: interesting. Huh. Hmm
3: interesting when he turned around with tears in his eyes i wasn't crying i was giggling wow i yeah. giggled i literally
0: giggled
2: at
3: that
0: moment i had oh to God, sometimes i don't know why i sit here every week <laughs> <laughs> that's so upsetting to hear jesus
3: i didn't feel anything i thought it was stupid
0: <laughs> I, I truly don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> that's wild to me
3: it's unaffected.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, here. I need to go get another beer, because if I'm going to sit through this episode,
2: I better get fucking drunk. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Fuck yeah. Yeah. Just like Jake Hannaford.
3: Oh, whenever he just takes another swig. Mm.
2: The drinks in this movie are so potent. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, just they are like, potent potables. They look like piss. Mm. He's <laughs> just drinking um.
0: warm piss. <laughs> How's everybody's week? Terrible. <laughs> Solid. I'm having
2: a fine
3: week. Good for you. Thanks just kidding
0: i'm thrilled thank you mine's somewhere in the middle brandon i'm sorry you're having a bad week i would just say you know always remember that your heart is god's little gun thank you you're welcome but yes i love the pouring of booze into glasses
2: when when it's clinking when it's it's
0: dribbling down john houston's chin
2: Mm. i love i just love the sound of ice clinking in an alcoholic beverage in a film
0: of the uh, of the two times I've watched the film, the line that makes me laugh every time is when the Sybil Shepherd character goes, "Should I get you another scotch?" <laughs> when when she's like in like a wide shot and she's just empty and alone in the back of the frame. <laughs> uh,
2: Sybil Shepherd.
3: I just watched the doc, and I like that detail that they just like pulled her off the street. Yeah, like come
2: on in, join we're us. We're having a
0: party.
1: <laughs> join us.
0: Like she didn't know who either of them were or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it shows. I love. Sure does. I, they're also rude about her on the documentary. Like, mm-hmm. such yeah. a bad
2: actress. I'm yeah. like, she
0: was. Did she did exactly what the role requires? She's fine. Yeah, she's great. She's fine. Yeah. yeah.
2: They're bringing baggage of doing multiple takes for hours with multiple actors <laughs> with multiple lines. Ugh. They're just making it up as they go along.
0: Just he's done it before. He's just
4: making
2: it up as he goes along. He's done it before.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of mm-hmm. making it up as. I wonder what
2: Oya Kodar is doing right now. Listening to this podcast. Probably. Oya? Are
0: you there? Hello. Speaking of making it up as... The other side
2: of the Oya. Speaking of... (laughs) I
3: like when she called Orson Welles the wind and she found the other side of it.
2: (sighs) You mean sex? Sex. (laughs) Speaking
0: of making it up as we go along... This podcast? Welcome to another episode. (laughs) Willkommen. Willkommen to another episode of Movissimo. Movies IMO. We are your three fave film fags. We are here to chat about film. My name is Daniel Crook.
1: Brandon
2: Kirby. And Ben Empey.
0: This evening we are gathered in Ben's apartment. Some portions of the of the apartment are very dark with some big old shadows against the wall. We have mm-hmm. some blue and red and orange strobe lights going in the corner. Mm-hmm. Ben Ben has requested oddly from me to bring twenty five dummies of Boburnum that I have littered across oh. the living room. Wow. We will see what happens with those as we go on. And Ben is I wearing. I have a damp
2: slip on my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going
0: to say. And Brandon is feeding him ice cubes.
3: Someone, someone, someone has to be wearing like the slanket. Mm. The no, the the um, like the, the snuggie that person yes. wears. Yes, I get it.
0: <laughs> Got it. That thing. Mm. So we are here in all of that detail. me. (laughs) We're about to open up a bottle of Chivas Regal. We're talking about Orson Welles' The Other Side of the Wind. (gasps) 40 years in the making. It's here. Thanks, Netflix. It's arrived. We're also going to talk about, I guess we're also going to talk about the documentary, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, which we've all watched independently. Mm Mm-hmm. We will also be talking about a few. We did! A few. That un- was unplanned
2: homework. I know. And we will also be talking about. I also watched A Final Cut for Orson. The, oh, that's the other the documentary. Mini, yeah. The mini doc. Which is in like trailers and more under the actual film itself. That
0: is the one I'm more curious about watching. It's so will, that talks more about like the restoration. Piece. Yeah, it is about the restoration. Fiction. Which I I will say I was thankful that The Love Me When I'm Dead didn't go too deep into that, only mm-hmm. because as a Netflix-produced documentary, to then turn around and be propaganda towards Netflix, being right. the savior of film would just be a little grating. And, it's really know, just about Frank Marshall
2: being the savior of film. I'm
0: into that. We're also talking about a couple unwieldy auteur pictures. We're talking about Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. And we're talking about Elaine May's Ishtar.
4: Mm-hmm. We are Ishtar.
0: not We are not going to be talking about, as planned, Michael Cimino's Heaven's Gate. So apologies to the two people who watched that in preparation <laughs> for this. We will Venmo you $4. We one did for say every hour. last
2: week we were going to talk about it. We did. So apologies. Did. I, I do
0: want to put on the record that we have accidentally taken sides in the... Storied, tumultuous fight of the Isabel's. We have come down on the side of a Johnny over Uper. Oh wow! By by omitting. You're right. Heaven's Gate. Uh-oh. I just want to make sure that we're all aware of that. <laughs> oh no! And taking that into the conversation. You're right. That's okay. It's fine. I mean, I was the one who recommended we watch Heaven's Gate, and Ishtar I was the... is at least not boring. No, and I was the one who recommended we take it off the syllabus. There's a
2: lot. To th- okay, I w- I did watch an hour. Mild, much to discuss on this show. 70 minutes of Heaven's Gate before I was just like, it's a Saturday night and I can't do this anymore. Oh, I'm sorry.
4: Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is a mood. It is Saturday night and I can't do this anymore. I mean, that's it, Akbar. It's a, it's a mood before
0: you even get to that. It's Saturday night and I'm staying in to watch Heaven's Gate. Yeah.
2: Um, I skipped her smell. To stay home and watch. And thank God for that. Heaven's Gate. He so, Ma- so
0: Michael Cimino is the honorary co-chair of
2: the committee. There are things to discuss. I just don't know why it's not a two-hour movie.
0: <laughs> Isn't that part of the story? Is yeah. it really
2: five and a half hours? Well, that might be the director's there is, cut. There is a version that's not the version that I was watching. Mine was like Jean Dielman.
0: I mean, here's, here's the thing. If you're going to single-handedly... I don't, I, no, it's three hours,
2: forty minutes longer than John Dielman.
0: If you're going to torpedo uh, the new Hollywood with excess, it takes a lot of excess to out-excess the new Hollywood. Yeah. of course, this is after Jaws. This is after. Um, yeah, we're Star firmly Wars. in
2: like postmodern territory, right? But I mean, I'm not saying it is a postmodern.
0: I'm just world. saying in 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 the lore, we can yeah. talk about ha- really how we're looking at film in terms of post- shifting away. Correct. But which Chimino
2: also directed to the Deer Hunter. But
0: that's that's sort of part of it, right? Like Chimino
2: does the Deer Hunter and then it it, And invented the screener with the Deer Hunter. Oh did you know that? Didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um there used to be in LA channel Z, just free on the airwaves. Great B fifty two song. And no everyone at Universal was like, we have this awful sad long movie about the Vietnam War. No one's gonna watch it. Let's throw it on Channel Z for a full month on a loop at all times. Tell everyone in the Academy that it's there and then release it in theaters and then won all the Oscars and it made a shitload of money. And
0: then he releases Heaven's Gate and and squanders Mm -hmm. all of the hope and potential. The, the deer hunter, the cachet
2: that he he, he spends
0: all of the cachet. Mm-hmm. Wow! That the deer, and hunter then everyone else in. is like, "Oh, we can send
2: people movies in their home, and they'll watch it there." Oh! And next oh. thing you know, Shakola is a the best picture. Here comedy. we are. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Forty years later. And Green Book is going to win Best Picture because <laughs> it's an easy sit at home. <laughs> 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 this is literally the new like criteria, like an easy sit at home mm. Best Picture. Which is the I lo- watched Three Billboards for the second time at home, and it was oh. I was kind of like, oh, I get it. Like uh, if you watch at home, I can see like driving with this because f- you're just energy. like noodling on your couch. Yeah. The
0: punishing irony is that the likeliest friendship is between an Academy voter
2: and their couch. You're right. Whereas when I saw three when we saw three billboards it was 10 in a theater, I wanted to you guys claw went at 10 my face it was out 10 p.m. I it went at like 1:30 p.m. and on a Saturday <laughs> I wanted to I wanted jump to out. Dakota Johnson rip my chest <laughs> open
0: which is what my boot looks like right now mm. on the sole the sole is split open looks huh? like the chest cavity ah. the boot that I'm wearing my shoe oh, oh. my shoe my shoe Al. my
4: shoe <laughs> What? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I was going to say that as well. That's exactly where my mind went. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Brooksy. Brooksy.
1: Brooksy.
0: Um. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so the other side of the wind, you know, this is, I don't know if you've heard about the behind the scenes story, the production history of this thing. I heard it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It's pretty, it's, it's storied. It's complicated. It's quite it's, substantial. It's, it's 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 quite substantial. <laughs> It's, you know what, it's layered, it's dark, mm-hmm. it's interesting, it's complicated. Very interesting. interesting. interesting movies. Orson Welles <laughs> is shooting, his new movie starts in 1971, shooting through what, 1976, mm-hmm. off and on, cast members are bopping in and out. I'm sure we're going to touch on this production history as we talk about this, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to go through all of it. The footage ends up being seized by uh, the Shah of Iran, or, or the Ayatollah of Iran, rather, mm-hmm um movie was never finished it was supposed to be the big masterpiece and Frank Marshall Peter Bogdanovich and Netflix all came together put their rings in the middle touched them and
3: out came and out came
0: the other side of the wind so the wow. film wow. film takes Forged. place on the 70th birthday of legendary director Jake Caniford. he is in the middle of shooting his new film also called the other side of the wind it's a little bit of a departure from the types of Hollywood films he's been making, this one is a little bit more of a uh, Antonioni riff. So basically, the movie takes place. Uh, Jake has compiled a who's who of the new Hollywood, of critics, of longtime friends, collaborators, notably none of the lead actors who he has catapulted to fame. Oh. And they all go to Jake's desert manse. <laughs> they go to Jake's desert manse. And they have a party. Secrets are revealed. Allegiances are broken. Ultimately, wow. we're talking a lot about movies. We're talking a lot about friendship. Movies, IMO. Talking a, a lot fact. about formative faculty. Mm. I'll put a it lot on the record. Of formative I'll put it on the record right now, with all due respect to our friend who is releasing this movie. But I saw Knife and Heart with oh, yeah. Ben yeah. at AFI Fest, That's which funny. I loved. And then I saw The Other Side of the Wind on the same night. Other Side of the Wind is gayer than Knife and Heart. I'm putting it on the record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's is my it take. Knife and
2: Heart. The, okay, is this a gay movie?
0: Watching, watching the other, <laughs> the other side, side of the wind
2: is a gay movie. Watching the other side yes, of the
0: wind for a correct. second time, when I'm not lost at all, and what mm-hmm. everybody's talking about, I know. Like, I know Ayn Rand posed the question, "Who is John Dale?" I mm-hmm. figured it out on the first viewing. Second time around, all anybody
2: is it, is talking about is that he's gay. Is that he's gay? And yeah. I didn't notice that the first time. I didn't. It's a <clears> lot. <throat> To the I point thought where it was very late to the point where
0: yeah I did too and then and watching then, it again I'm like this is what oh. this is the only dramatic heft to the movie
2: yeah is watching it at home with subtitles on I was like oh they're just every single line is oh did you know he's gay? yes yeah as it is <laughs> yeah. all as it is all closing in on him I mean this movie descends into this
0: sort of melancholy chaos yeah and part of it and I you know I don't think that Jake's main motivation in the film is that he's trying to shield his homosexuality, but there's an element of like running away from himself, his past and his homosexuality.
4: Yeah.
0: And yeah, watching it again, like all anyone talks about, like whether they're in the bus on the way over, whether mm-hmm. they're, whether it's like his DP or whatever, who's holding up a fucking iron pipe mm-hmm. saying, give this to Jake. He'll feel a lot better after yeah. he uses it. Mm. Not even in a hateful way, even yeah. though that's like a hate crime. Yeah. Um, it's just, everyone knows it's assumed. Mm. And I feel like Jake knows that everyone knows this, but is still never going to right. confirm it. Like the, the way he toys with the English teacher from John Dell's mm. preparatory mm. school, mm. he knows how he's coming off, and he has associates in the room. Yeah, I mean, I think he enjoys like walking right up to the line and then crossing it, and then making fun of you mm-hmm. pouring a scotch. Ha 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 ha! exit the room. Afternoon. Anyway, so that's what the other side of the wind is about, right? That was the best synopsis we've had on this program. I know. Other side of the wind is. Written and dire- uh, written directed by Orson Welles, written by Orson Welles and Oya Kodar. Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah, I forgot they co-wrote it. She
0: yes, did. they were
2: lovers. They were lovers Correct. for what twenty five years. Mm-hmm. And John Roughly. Houston
0: and John Houston is like watching my essentially my mind, stepmother though. watching the beads bounce against her breasts. Right. In the film, with the, film within a film, mm-hmm. was a moment of you know not formative faggotry, but mm-hmm. like hard one Heterosexuality oh. or something. Which oh. is kind of you know interesting, dark, you know complicated, very interesting. Layered. Let's so let's
2: chat about the film. Let's start.
3: Where would you like to begin, Ben? With Ben is back.
2: The Some word he never left.
0: Cell phone in the introduction. Which so what you're through me. What Ben is referring Wait, to isn't... So the other thing about The Other Side of the Wind is that it is technically... A, it's, it's a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you get so lost in the drama of it, you forget. But it opens with you know, stills of Jake Hannaford, his crashed car, and Peter Bogdanovich as Brooks Otterlake, his protege, a version of himself, is setting the scene and essentially explaining why... There are so many cameras there yeah. and how all of this footage was compiled. Mm-hmm. And
2: then they, there is a voiceover mm-hmm. and Peter Bogdanovich talks about this was before people had cell phones at parties or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so weird because
4: how everyone has a 16 millimeter camera. Yeah.
2: It's talked about in the other documentary that the, 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 there was a voiceover that was supposed to be from John Houston. And Peter Bogdanovich was like, I will just rewrite it in my character and I will do it. And they updated it. Oh, yeah, because cell phone. Mm-hmm. Cell phone. Cell phone. Mobile phone. Oh. <laughs> and it, it like threw me for a second. Yeah, I was that's... like, oh, what is this movie? What is this magical film? Oh. I didn't know. Yeah. And then you just get dropped into the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. And you The you're first in. like six minutes are the most. Thrilling. Manic. Like it takes insane.
3: You get on its level pretty quick.
4: Yeah. It forces you to. This yeah. movie
0: has such a contemporary sensibility in the editing mm-hmm. and in the pace. It's very fresh. It's extremely very fresh. Fresh, well, fresh never frenetic. been done before. Frenetic. Oh, big time. Definitely frenetic. Big time frenetic. Big oh, time. Big time frenetic.
2: I I have been trying not. I to just to, like I don't even know how you conceive of how to shoot that. This is I want to throw something because it frustrates me.
0: Well, there's
3: a, there's a, there's an element. <laughs> I mean, there's there just so much footage. Yeah, there's that. There's just so many cameras running.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 no one is ever in a shot together. So he's yeah. able to pick up, you know, Mercedes McCambridge, Mercedes McCambridge's entrance over here, mm-hmm. and like in one shot, and then Norman Foster's in another, and they can be talking to each other without mm-hmm. ever having to be in the same place. And I mean, as a result, just like that that disconnect like yeah. adds to the frenzy and it, but to your point, Brandon, like you just have this wealth of shots to choose from, but I'm dying to know which maybe you do know this, Ben, since you watched the the documentary about the assemblage of the film. But I want to see the assembly, and I want to yeah. see I want to I want to see some of, the, or I just want to know much. I want to know which scenes Orson had gone into, right. and I want to know if there were storyboards because the pace of this thing, and just the shot length, and yeah. just the mania that is fueling through the entire thing, with the way that it's set up in the first six or so minutes, that. Doesn't and I've probably I've seen F for Fake, Citizen Kane, Touch of Evil. I think that's all I've seen with mm-hmm. Wells. So I can't really speak to pacing. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, with the first film, or you know, with Citizen Kane, Touch of Evil, obviously, this is my, uh, would be much later. Yeah, uh, Wells, but I can't, I don't know from those two. No, F for Fake, of course. Evil is for oh, and then I F for what am I saying? F for Fake has a very yes. similar editing style because you shot it at the same time,
2: right? They were concurrent, yes. And there's something, you know, if you want to look at... He really pushed himself editing-wise as he went on, I think. Because in the beginning, it was all the deep focus, the long takes. And mm-hmm. I feel like The deep
0: focus is still... I mean, it's not deep focus, but he's he's using the backs of his shots. Yeah. Very, the, the entire depth of the frame really yes. beautifully in
2: this film. And I just think... I almost feel like there was a point where he was like... I'm a theater man and I'm insecure about this so I'm gonna like go for it in the next Mm -hmm. one and -hmm. that is, I I mean, I have no reason to think that that's what he thought but I do think think that.
4: Yeah.
0: There's something about, I mean, this is something you get from Citizen Kane obviously and then an F for fake just with the wealth of distractions that you're being given and Mm -hmm. the narratives upon narratives but if you look at If you look at, you know, cinema as a magic trick, your eyes looking over here and you're not seeing this over here, Mm -hmm. but in F for Fake and and The Other Side of the Wind, he's giving you 10,000 different things to look at, and there's something... Oh,
2: the monkey in F for Fake. Oh, me. Me. I should have watched F for Fake. It's 80 minutes. Watch it right now. We'll take a break. I would would, would
0: like to re-watch F for Fake after watching this, because it's a film that I really enjoyed, but I did not like the last 20 minutes very much, but I also... It uh, devastates me. Yeah, I, it didn't for me, but, to my core. but not because I'm right about it. Because I watched it in the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, right before, the, like the weekend before Outfest started last right. year. So I was not, and it was hot and didn't have air conditioning. I thought you saw it in college. F for fake? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Oh.
2: I thought uh-uh. we talked about that. No. Maybe that was someone else. Who wasn't Ben? Because I haven't seen you haven't seen picture. it. I love Orson Welles. F for fake. I love him. He's the father I never had. The sister I've always wanted, mm. and mm. I don't know a better person. And you're
0: his raggedy-ass kid, daddy. <coughs> that
2: daddy. That line was delivered to Orson, not to John Huston. What actually.
0: did I do wrong, daddy?
2: What did I do wrong, daddy? Really? It's oh, I brutal. Love that. This is a movie about itself as it's being made about itself. Does that make sense? It Absolutely. does. I don't and know how, does. like... I know what you mean. He's making it up as he goes along because it's what they're living through. He's done it before. And it's the crazy... Yeah. Like, I can't even wrap my head around...
3: The movie was writing itself as it was being as
2: filmed. I can't imagine shooting the movie with someone else in the Peter Bogdanovich role and asking Peter Bogdanovich to play himself halfway through the movie it's such a devastating
0: blow in a way to to not just give him the role in the up first front, place. and to give him that little reporter role and then only after like the first choice didn't work out he's like oh do you want to do this he's mm-hmm. like um i've been doing it while we've been making this movie the entire time like how dare you not yeah. <laughs> not give me this job why are you yeah. making the interview for this uh
1: peter <sighs> Daddy? Daddy. (laughs) Ben, I would love for you to
0: just, since you've seen the most Orson Welles here and you have the biggest connection to him, I would love for you to talk a
2: little bit about why you love your daddy Orson. Um, I love
4: daddy.
3: Daddy.
2: So, I feel like it's very cool to shit on Citizen Kane, but I would like to talk about says who? um, Yeah, who's doing that? People who want to be cool. I think people do. Ben, are you just, I mean, can't, you talking about the kids, talking about the youth? What the are you youth. doing here? Everyone. The youth. I feel like it has, we've come back around, like in the light of Vertigo taking number one at Sight and Sound, we're back to, oh no, it is great. I've
0: just, I've never considered it cool to stake the claim that Citizen Kane is overrated because yeah. there's a reason why it, it has long time been the universally agreed mm-hmm. upon best movie of all time. And it's not just because it invented so many things. It's yeah. Deep focus and, and that uh, beautiful Rashomon structure, mm-hmm. like it's just an extremely compelling film, and it's beautiful to look at, and it's devastating to feel, and the characters are brilliantly sketched by yeah. a bunch of fantastic actors. I find like, it
2: profoundly moving. I find all of his movies profoundly moving, and
0: the psychological portrait of Citizen Kane uh-huh. is as potent as anything you'll see. Like I, I don't know, I just I, anyone who's trying to be cool by mm-hmm. saying that Citizen Kane is overrated, yeah. Maybe that is how you feel, but it is not cool.
2: Right. And it's f- you're not cool. You're not cool. It's not a personality to dislike <laughs> Citizen Kane. Anyway, it was, I don't know. I watched it. Like, my entry point into Cinephilia was the AFI Top 100 list. Just like Carmel Sobrano. Oh, my God, you're right. But I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> she I, was had, I, had, I had a
0: printout of the AFI list as well yeah. I know I mentioned that I had the Empire list I worked off that and then the AFI list so I, I'm with you on that
2: I'm already mythologizing this as part of my life that I've written about this that there was a week like I my sister was on a trip with friends and I was home alone and I rented movies and the movies I rented were Citizen Kane, Casablanca, Annie Hall, some like a hot Sunset Boulevard and All About Eve, and like these are the movies that have defined my life. That's interesting. Um, and Citizen Kane, I just love that it's a brutal condemnation of capitalism, as are all of his movies. In sa- in saying that capitalism
0: has an inevitable
2: um, emptiness.
0: Yes, but of course, but but more so that that it. it it inherently corrupts. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And what I love the most about Citizen Kane is the moment when Susan Alexander is leaving Kane. And he yells, you can't do this to me. And she walks up to him and she smiles and she says, oh, I'm doing this to you, am I? Because she's a woman in his story, but she's actually not. And I love that. And then she walks out of the movie forever. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I don't know that anyone else in that generation would do that. Yeah. And it reminds me of Lady from Shanghai. There are the ends in Chinatown. And it's very it's very weird to see a movie shot in the 40s that's surrounded by Chinese people. It's very strange. And I just think he has a sensitivity. That, a Hollywood movie. Yes, a Hollywood movie from the 40s with that, like... Hollywood sensibility just like oh right there are non-white people alive that could be could have been in all of these movies it's very it 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 changes a lot of how I think about movies mm-hmm. and that's just true of all of Orson yeah thank you
0: that was beautiful.
2: I, I also love in Touch of Evil that marijuana is believed to be like heroin. Yes, they drug Hell, yeah. Janet Lee with marijuana.
4: Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> they find Janet Lee like in a basement with a, one of those giant tubs of cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> She's been
4: drugged. Yeah. Mm.
0: She's off her rocker. Mm. She's got the orange fingers. Orson. Shall we whip out the Orson Welles
2: biography? Should I read the Yeah, let's whip it out and, and dramatically yeah, read the entire drop it on Just, the table. Here I am. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Oh, there! it's all the way over there. I can't read it without getting up, and I'm not going to do that. Let's see it. It's behind. You're lying. It's there. I saw it.
0: Is that a copy of The Confederacy of Dunces? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm reading that right I've now. I've never read it, but I have it I'm to show it right that now. I'm a good liberal. Hell yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's so on the show. I swear to God, this on I mean, the show We're we're going to talk about the other side of the wind now. I mean, I, the that's, other side
1: of the wind,
2: the wind,
0: <laughs> the other side of the wind.
2: <laughs> I keep trying. I'm still
0: working on the front part, sweetie. I kept trying oh. to come up with
2: like a too fast, too furious joke for me watching it the second time, but I couldn't crack it.
3: Too wind, too side. Yeah, other. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't yeah, yeah, get there. You can't get there. Ben, do you just love this movie because he shits on Antonioni?
2: Oh, I do love that.
0: What (laughs) I like about the film within the film—steamy dump. What I like about what I like (laughs) about Jesus—it's a family podcast. What I like about the mocking of Antonioni style in the film within the film is that the images he produces are beautiful. Yeah, he's showing how easy it is to do that. (laughs) Yeah, to shoot him to shoot actors through windows with mirrors and to have images overlay around. on top of one another to have open space like walking around. The images are gorgeous. Uh-huh. And I and in the there's a couple sequences you could touch to that are just brilliantly staged. There's a couple images I can't get out of my head, mm-hmm. specifically in the scene that John Dale walks uh off of the set because mm-hmm. bad sentence, but he's on the, the Oh, the springs. He's on the he's on the coils of the spring bed. Yeah and Oyakoda is above him with her scissors, mm. and she snips her necklace, snips, snips. and the pearls just come rushing out from under the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I I find it absolutely transcendently beautiful. That, but, but, uh, but also, like, when you're watching it, and you're trying to put some sort of story together, yeah. and there is no story, and that's not necessarily... Like, what's difficult about just totally... Um, just totally mocking Antonioni when discussing this is yeah. that it is still a Hannaford picture, and the way that Billy is making excuses for it. Right. He's using the logic of Hannaford's previous films, like, especially around, like, he's making it up as he goes along. Or that to me is less damning of Antonioni than the scene later at the drive in when. When uh, one of the characters goes up and says that they've got the reels mixed up, and the projectionist says, "Doesn't matter," like that to me is a little more damning in that moment. But it's
2: that's very rude. Yeah, (laughs) I think.
0: But the way that Wells is using color, though, even though he is mocking Antonioni, (gasps) it's absolutely stunning. And again, he's and he's making. I don't. I don't want to. I don't mean to say like anyone could do it. Yeah, because like anyone with any talent as a filmmaker could do what you're doing. Right. And I'm going to do it a little bit better. Having yeah. only seen Red Desert, so I can't. I haven't even seen um, Blow Up, so I can't really speak to too much about the. As I was
2: watching <laughs> it the second time, the I emptiness. was like, Antonio, and he would never do a Dutch angle like that. Like it is still so much an Orson Welles touch of evil version of mm. this, and the mirrors go back to Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So and he he he's employing similar objects and surfaces as he has in previous. And Bogdanovich Posse, anyway.
2: talks about. I don't know. I listened to a bunch of podcasts with Peter Bogdanovich and Mark Frank Marshall, so I can't remember where I heard any of these things yet anymore. But Bogdanovich talked about how because he was doing a Jake Hannaford movie, doing, he was doing a Jake Hannaford, so mm-hmm. he was free to just go all out, and he didn't he – like, there was something that he enjoyed about it because – it he wasn't was doing, He's getting to slip not, in, he's yeah. slipping. He's slipping into someone else's Orson. skin. Yeah, it wasn't he's, an Orson picture. He's doing the Lee Israel day. thing. Yes, you know? right. And so he right. really enjoyed like getting into this like a European art film. Mm.
4: Mm.
3: One of my favorite scenes from the European art film film within a film is with all the the. Bands of shadow and light. Remember that? Oh, absolutely. Where they're like playing, when like they're weird when they're naked, and they're yeah. naked, and naked running, doing around. cat and mouse. Yeah, I, I like, I when like that. Doll, scene.
2: and she puts her finger in to make a penis, and she's gonna snip, snip it off. Snip, yeah. snip, snip, snip off your penis. Snip that penis. I just love
0: that the the narrative <laughs> thrust of the other side of the wind, the film within a film, is just he has a package. Man chases woman. Yeah, yeah. Just Isn't it deep and rich and layered and complicated? Mm. And she's got a package. What's in the package? The isolation of it. You know it's just so existential Mm
2: -hmm. someone on twitter said if it's misogynist just to show a woman walking around naked in a movie then we should just throw in the towel now because there that's every movie (laughs) like yes
3: yes Mm -hmm. correct
2: apparently people have said that about this movie
0: Seriously? Just crazy. <laughs> I, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm not at all interested in what people are saying about this movie. <laughs> what the people have to uh, say? If, 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 it's, if it's negative or, or if it's like grasping for something like that, yeah. I mean, you could have a whole conversation about the use of certain words throughout this film. Yeah. I think it shows that it's more of its time, but I also don't think that Orson Welles wants you to like Hannaford. No. Or any of the characters. I mean, they're <laughs> I all just... think it's a good movie yeah, that he's making. No, but I, I mean the... You know? I, I mean not the film within the film. Right. The, the main text. Right. I think everyone is fairly despicable by design. I mean, this is a damning portrait of not just Hollywood movie making, but movie lovers in general as, right. as sick, deranged, Their worldview
2: is not upheld. Right. Is the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, something I think is interesting is the response that this movie is getting from people that do love it. I am now, like, I get how Citizen Kane so quickly became the greatest movie of all time. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's never been done before.
2: (laughs) Talented, brilliant, never the same original.
3: Unafraid to reference or not reference. reference. Shit on it.
2: Eat it.
4: It, Ah.
2: it, I don't know. My life changed when Peter Bogdanovich said, what did I do wrong, daddy? Like truly, like I've never, it's, my life changed in that moment. <laughs> I don't it's know. One of the
3: best moments of the year. I don't anything. know
2: how to say it other than I felt a paradigm shift in my soul. When <laughs> why don't said Why that. don't
0: we? Because I'm dying to. I'm dying to actually grapple with this thing a little bit more directly. Why don't we talk about the relationship between Jake and Brooks? Okay. As an analog for Orson and Peter Bogdanovich, and as Peter. something else, all leading up to what did I do wrong, Daddy? Just like some of the layers in the relationship there. I guess I'll yeah. explain. So anyone who doesn't know, Peter Bogdanovich. Uh,
2: this movie's on Netflix. You have no excuse uh, right. to not watch it before you listen to this
0: podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> watch The Love Me When I'm Dead as well. Not necessarily because it's a great documentary. I thought it was pretty good. It's good. I mean, It's
2: entertaining. I, I mean, I did not watch it for artistic. Neither did no, I. And you, I know. Have
3: you, you watch it for the... Inside Scoop. Yeah.
0: I was just watching it for all the Orson B-roll. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's, yeah. Tr- that's true as well. It's my, it's my baby. He's my big pink lobster. I think we
2: can all <laughs> assume that Orson Welles sucked a dick in his life. Absolutely.
0: Um, Numerous. In the same way that Tom Hardy has.
2: He's definitely a bisexual man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I not, mean, let's not label him. He's definitely had sex with men and women in his life. Absolutely Correct. fluid. That's, I think that's what we we'll was say. a. He had Fluidity. a
0: voracious appetite. Yeah.
2: Fluidity. For flesh? For, that's it for the bus and the bus <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> that's not okay alright
0: so Peter Bogdanovich you heard
2: it here first folks
3: Orson Welles had a knack for the puss and the bus oh my god I just god. saw a spinning 1940s newspaper headline <laughs> <laughs> like in Citizen Kane yeah <laughs> <laughs> the
0: news the <laughs> of <Citizen Kane. laughs> news of the Wild! Orson Welles enjoyed the puss and the bus <laughs> Puss and buss, and that's Gemini on the move. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Now, well, it's too late. But I'm glad I did. Now, now
0: all three of us have said it. Yeah. So, <laughs> all
2: right. I, I'll, I'll just—I
0: won't make this broad. I'll, I'll be very specific. I want to talk about penis envy, and I want to talk about how Jake feels about Brooks's money mm-hmm. and his recent the acclaim
2: complex. It's it's an edible in a way. Absolutely, I mean it's like reverse edible because we're seeing it from. I guess that penis point envy is yeah. the
0: wrong term anyway because that's more about women towards men, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. the concept? But I'm going to use it well, in this anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And and, and an edible complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really love the scene. Well, oh God, this is what I get for trying to jump into the movie. So I. I enjoy the moment when Jake is talking with a couple of his advisors and they're talking about Brooks's money and someone says to him, like, why don't you just ask him for it? And he's Mm -hmm. like, it's not what we do. Like, it's not the code. And Mm -hmm. then the next scene, or who can say in this movie, a few scenes after between him and Brooks, when Brooks is like, you know, everybody was talking about like my $40 million. Like I don't necessarily have that. And so Brooks, Brooks, who wants to have the impression of being daddy's favorite son, who would do anything for him is still has a, realizes that he doesn't want to put his money where his mouth is that mm-hmm. his allegiance might not be that strong but when but when he's just like, like
2: everyone's saying they want to say filmstruck oh yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> I mean sure I love the money bitch if actually you want to we don't that. know that Warner Brothers isn't just like no thank you because we're doing a, a Netflix play when you you're know?
0: getting into the contradictions and the desperation of Jake Hannaford when when Brooks says that he doesn't have all that money but like Do you need some? Mm -hmm. And after Jake has said, we don't ask fellow directors for money. We don't ask fellow men for money. He's like, how much have you got? Like, how much can you give? Just like, he's a broken man. But there's also the question of how together he was in the first place. And if these moral codes are more about showmanship than actual virtue, I find very compelling.
2: When Brooksy asks him, how many times have you been broke? And Hanford says, just once. Do you think he means the whole time? Or do oh. you think he is joke like it, it can be read two ways. He's um, joking that, of course, he's been broke a few times slash the whole time I've been broke. I think yeah. that's
0: an interesting read. And I mm-hmm. think that that's I mean, whether or not that's what Orson Welles meant by the line and he mm-hmm. may very well may have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's probably always been working from some sort of a deficit, like yeah. certainly spiritually. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I love the the conversation between the two young people where one's like well you could make one great big movie and then you're like set for a while and you can make what you want and the other person is like well what about people who don't want to make that one movie like don't they deserve the same amount mm-hmm. I think that's a very and it's never, important Distinct. it's
0: it's never spoken directly if Jake Hannaford reinvented movies mm-hmm. and then spent some time in exile right. or was having to fight Hollywood to be taken seriously mm-hmm. I don't think that in that way he's a Wells analog Right. But I do, and I don't know why I'm going in this direction, because it has nothing to do with being a Wells analog, but to to the line that you were bringing up, Ben, about being broke one time, I think he's certainly in the most dire straits that he's been in at this moment. And there's something very sad about Hannaford making the Antonioni movie, because he's not doing it in the same way that Wells is shooting the other side of the wind in order to mock it. There's an idea that Hannaford might be making this movie out of He's trying to appeal he's to He's trying the kids. to appeal to the youth. And there are multiple times in the movie when people are like it's what the kids are it, it's Billy who is my favorite character in the movie and Which one is that? Billy is the former child actor who now is like his assistant. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Is he yeah. The he, he's the one eating milk. He's the one eating eating gumdrops. I, I love right, his right, voice. I do, yeah. I do too. That's so that like uh, I love that how that Oshox mentality is just broken down as the movie goes on. But um uh where was it going with this and I don't remember. But um I I don't remember. Just
2: <laughs> Love it. Sybil Shepherd. Fake Sybil Shepherd. Alright. A, a Sybil Shepherd type.
1: Alright I'll write you a note. <laughs> i right, you a note your teacher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was kind of cuckold to Peter Bogdanovich. But not us, really, because he he's a faggot. Us, but, but no, but there's the He line. would do it for the revenge. No, there's the, the Susan
0: Strasberg character has the moment where she talks about how he would sleep with all of his leading men's wives. wives. It's the idea of if I can't have you, mm-hmm. I'm going to get, one, I'm going to get as close to you as I can, and I'm going to insert myself into your bedroom and mm-hmm. upend your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the scene between Jake and the English teacher Mm. from John Dale's preparatory school. Mm -hmm. When, I mean how they're just like dancing around And, and also just the idea of John Dale's backstory, like whether or not Jake found him, like, like plucked him from obscurity, plucked him from a beach somewhere, but actually he's this like rich kid. And, but there's the, the moment that I find so heartbreaking is when the teacher says that, John went to Acapulco specifically to meet Jake and Jake didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like you can see in John mm-hmm. Houston's face like mm-hmm. he falls in love in that mm-hmm. moment in that close up and that's just when he starts like laugh laughing uncontrollably and asking more follow-up questions and I believe it's mm-hmm. pretty soon after that when when he says faggot. Yep. yep. And yeah. I, that scene is just heartbreaking to me. Yeah. It's funny, it's dark, it's complicated, it's layered, it's interesting. <laughs> so really
1: interesting. It's just really, really rich and,
4: really
0: interesting. Rich and interesting. I, 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 I. And I, with the, with the, I... I'll finish up my point then. Um, there's just something about the ritual humiliation that comes along with homosocial man. hierarchy with men. And there's that great moment at the end of that scene when Jake suggests that they all go swimming and the English teacher is like, oh, what a delightful proposition. <laughs> and so, and then... and like, then, what will I wear? yeah. And then Jake gets up and goes behind the bar with Bogdanovich mm-hmm. and a couple other people. And then it's just this humiliating, wonderfully embarrassing shot where the English, it's like a wide English yeah. teacher's in the middle all alone. And it's a point of view shot. Oh, yeah. But then the reverse is just these four guys around the bar just like mm. mocking Laughin. him and laughing uh-huh. at Take him. Take your clothes yeah, off right yeah, now. Exactly. Trying to get him to strip down. I mean, it feels very frat boy it's very frat boy yeah it feels even more so like teenage boys like at an all-boys school or something yeah. which which is frat which is right X after video. we find out that john dale like <laughs> oh, yeah, i heard that i heard that i'm going right past it god
4: damn that! Um, this episode
0: is turning into the other side of the wind very
1: meta
2: mm. um i was gonna say something well what do you have to say brandon
3: I just am listening to you too for this one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did, what did you like about it? Um
1: I
3: don't know. I, I, uh, I, I should have compiled more thoughts. So uh, I we both watched it notes. twice.
0: The reason I, I watched it a second time was because I knew it wasn't gonna be notes. I,
3: I only just like stuff. started grappling really with it until today when I watched the doc. And then um Started, like, really, really appreciating it because I appreciated yeah. it that it existed the first time I watched it. Yeah. And then it really, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I, like, was, like, dropping through it a little bit and then I watched the doc. And, I mean, I love shit that's, like, super meta and I love that this was, the filmmaking was updating in real time as the movie's made. It's just an incredible document of... Yeah. And it's the most we've heard about orson in a long time it's like the most he's been the love me when i'm dead just like the doc title like right i mean hasn't it been a minute since he's been in the conversation he's like always in the
0: film culture conversation but i will say and i know that there are other people that feel this way like i haven't felt the call to finally watch all those wells movies i never got around to
1: right until the past couple and of it's, months is it it's
3: just insane to me that it's netflix that really is like the cherry on top of all the meta-ness of the whole yes, thing. Because is that it's Netflix. He
2: finally didn't get money or distribution from a studio. No, he got it from a quote unquote from Maverick Netflix.
0: Outside outside the studio system. It's crazy. Yeah. Which they, is in the new studio system. And
2: though. you know, the it's called the chain of title, all of the like rights and the various sources of where they needed to get people to sign off and all of that. Like every other studio is so intimidated by it. But Netflix it was went. like, let's do it. Yeah. Netflix was like, let's go for it. It's, I mean, why not? It,
0: it builds them a tremendous amount of goodwill yeah. between people like us. I mean, it's just, <laughs> and this, these are the important people you want to get on your side. Let's be honest. Awesome.
4: I mean, Netflix is having, yeah. <laughs> Netflix
3: is having like a hell of a year. They have like the movie that you can't have your end list without talking about. Mm hmm. And then they have and then there's the other side the of the wind because oh. Roma. I mean, I yes, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But yeah. Like Roma. I mean, I mean, both. But yeah, and then they have probably the best picture winner. Yeah. I, I will. I will. They have a cultural
0: film moment, and then the best picture winner. Yeah, which Roma is in and of itself another huge cultural yeah. moment. But yes, it, it's touching on two. We're, we're talking about film history and film preservation, and then the future of film at the same time. It's, it's really. Brazen in a way that I admire (laughs) the way that they're going after this, and specifically with the Best Picture Oscar for Roma. So, I saw it at the AFI Fest premiere, the LA premiere, or whatever. And Netflix bought popcorn for everybody in the audience. Yeah. And I should have brought it in to show you guys, but in they want to win in paper popcorn boxes that had the Roma poster on both sides. And apparently, they did it for a ballad of Buster Scruggs a couple nights later as well. And they also bought everybody free soda, but I had just had a coffee, so I was good. I love that. Yeah, they're going mm. for it. They are really. I mean, they're, they're, they are bringing the, the screening luncheons to the festival. Yeah. At this point. With I mean, the there was popcorn. that
3: one Roma screening that was like lun- literally a luncheon yeah. before oh, right. that they were like serving like John and Denny's
0: before yeah. the screening. I can't they imagine went. like eating and probably drinking wine before watching that movie for the first time.
2: No. Gotta go and dry, baby.
0: Gotta go in dry. Gotta go in hungry. (laughs) I went in wet
2: because it was raining and we had to stand in line. Oh, I was was just about to lean in and be like, (laughs) oh. Oh, that's good.
4: Oh,
0: Going in wet, like raining in the other side of the wind. Oh, like that sex
2: scene. In the car and the sex scene in the car. The sex scene. The sexiest sex scene. So I think it's a really... Interest. I think it's really interesting. What's interesting that ben, this movie Derek. Complicated? and the movie within the movie is an illustration of the way that uh, filmmakers, male filmmakers, for hundred and fifty years or whatever—I can't tell time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> have it's a hundred and thirty well. twenty because all our clocks are in the house. Yeah, with the clock on its walls. All of my clocks are on my walls can we go back and do an episode on that <laughs> reverse, reverse reverse reversing. Do you see? <laughs> um that the 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 way that they exert dominance not just through what the content of the film is but the way that the film is being made like the way that we hear Jake Hannaford over the scene of Get John Dale time. leaving and like that he, sex scene yes. that leads into it like the just cut the thing and follow him
0: yeah that, that I'm glad you touched yeah, on that yeah, moment yeah, yeah. when he's like I don't I'm not going to do it in the John Houston voice I can't remember exactly what he says but like yeah. get get this keep yes. it because yes. we mm. we, will, we will need this for the myth yes. like we and also there's something about the way that he is watching John Dell storm off the set that is humiliating for John mm-hmm. and Jake is capturing it and furthering that embarrassment and humiliation mm-hmm. And that domination that you're talking about, which is, of course, it's not just heterosexual, it's just masculine, right? right? Mm -hmm. Um, The way that masculinity draws blood intentionally plays out in innumerable ways throughout the party as well. Whether it's intellectual superiority, whether it's physical superiority.
2: When he's like, someone should write that down. Yes. When he knows fully well that it is a quote.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what I love so much about Susan Strasberg and Mercedes McCambridge. Mm-hmm. And then also um, Lily Palmer, who plays Zara Valeska, the yeah. host. Mm-hmm. She's Valeska is the one who's constantly being like, cut the shit out. This is all on camera. Like, yeah. can we please just chill the fuck out? Yeah. Mercedes McCambridge has just resigned herself to it. But she has that great line about... Um, what's the line she says? Yeah. Um, wrote it down Which wrote one? it down oh have Which a go at the one? dummies Jake they break even more easily than people like they are seeing oh, what's going yeah. on for the, the pageantry of masochism mm-hmm. that it is Right. Um, and then of course uh, Susan Strasberg who's just having the time of her life mm-hmm. because she knows that they, everyone will give her what she wants I mean she doesn't drink throughout the entire party she is just permanently smoking and marching through the crowds asking yep. questions because she knows that Every every man there is dying to one up the next, and not just in terms of dirt, and not just in terms of a witticism, but in order to be shown to have the most to say. <laughs> and there's those great scenes with Peter Bogdanovich and then the other uh, imitation Hannaford when they're kind of going back and forth about who, either who has like ripped him off more, yeah. or who who which of them is more indebted to him and it's all fascinating from a uh, a film journalist point of view just to tell the story of these people and to get at the meat of who they are and how that informs their filmmaking yeah and that's ultimately what she's trying to do during the party she's on a quest to nail down hanover's homosexuality
2: when someone's like he's gonna score tonight and she's like well if we're gonna talk about who he scores with yeah. that's an interesting like, conversation like, now that's where things get interesting yeah Mm-hmm. Mm. She's like, mm. let's talk about that. Yeah. She's like, come to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we just go through some favorite shots in the film? Oh, fuck yeah. I'll first. Oh, fuck Agra yeah. I'll go first. The, the birthday the cake. cake sequence. <laughs> S- scene, it's not a sequence. Uh, not just the shot of... John Huston about to blow out all the candles where the foreground of the frame, and this is where like again it's not deep focus, but where Wells is really playing with the depth of his frames. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got like the first third in the foreground full of just dozens of lit candles, and then blackness or darkness in the back, Mm -hmm. and then you know with some isolated faces maybe I don't remember, and then Hannaford right in the middle. It's a slightly low angle. He looks like a monster. The way it's black and white. The way the shadows are just hitting the creases of his face. Um, And then the the reverse shot is in Peter Bogdanovich's glasses with just. all yeah. of the, you know, dozens of mm. little lights of the the flames of the candles, and then the shot where he blows them out, and then we cut to Bogdanovich's sunglasses again. Just all those lights are extinguished. It's just black. stunning. Black,
2: stunning, stunning. Black. black,
1: stunning.
2: Um, I'm gonna go on a tangent. I'm not gonna respond. That's fine. To your query. I'm just look. I'm just trying to keep this going. That, um, I wonder, did Orson Welles see my? What Did I Do Wrong? Daddy's movies, John Cassavetes, because I feel a lot of kinship with faces and husbands in this movie that's just um, men reveling in being men, but, like, with a critical eye to that, and mm-hmm. that that's not great. And, like, there's such a raucous energy to... I forget what the guy's name in faces is named, but it in... And, and, husbands, it's John Cassavetes and uh, Ben Gazzara. And mm, that's my daddy. And uh, Peter Falk. Oh, no, no. That's my daddy.
0: daddy. Found your daddy.
2: And it's just like these devastating portraits of men doing whatever the fuck they want and that like the profound sadness in that. Um, and, and they're having a ball. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're just Pummeling forward, hiding the feeling of sadness. Yeah, it's like it's like five
0: a.m. The party's still going, mm-hmm. and everybody is at the end of a knockdown, dragout fight. Mm-hmm. People are still throwing punches, but everyone's all beat up and bleeding, and yeah. moving like cavemen, slowly, like their knuckles dragging. They're going mm-hmm. towards the ground, and they're still just trying to get in one more left hook. Mm-hmm. Which Hemingway's was overrated.
2: Yes, that's right. That's a good line too. Mm. I remember that line. And I would like to now bring up my other other daddy. Mm. Oh, is this a pivot? Just really quick. That um, Martin Scorsese had oh. said for 40 years, his whole MO for his career was to combine Cassavetes and Orson Welles <gasps> to <into> one filmmaker, <gasps> which I find very interesting. <clears throat> Especially having seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I
4: know. I'm like, hmm. Interesting.
2: You know what it is.
3: Interesting. It's very interesting. I think interesting. it's layered.
0: I think it's dark. I think it's rich. I think it's compli- I think it's rich. I think mm. it's complicated. I think mm. it's Frank Rich. I think
2: this Remember movie... Remember when we saw
3: Peter Bogdanovich sitting in the back of the new Bev?
2: Oh, my God. I saw him speak at the new Bev, but it wasn't hmm. that night. What hmm. movie was he seeing at the new Bev?
3: I think it was... was the
2: that last, last picture show? He was at his own, yeah. Because he didn't speak that night. He didn't stay for Texasville.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he left. As a guest. <laughs> he left before Because he spoke started.
2: at Target's. Because they played all of his movies. They did, yeah. But he did not speak at the Last Picture show. No, unless he stayed through Texas. No, I stayed through they Texas. They would have done though. it. They and always did the QA's in the
0: middle. I can report yeah, the talk. one Bogdanovich movie I've seen at the New Beverly Paper Moon. He was not there. Yeah.
2: Although I was. Maybe he was sitting oh, in, the yeah, he was yeah, in, the in the back. Yeah, maybe he was just hovering in the back. Sure. Um, you never know. He's you know. Sunglasses. I think that this movie talks about the way that masculinity is a person in the same way. The yeah. Jean Dielman talks about how being a woman is a prison. Well said. Mm-hmm. There, I made the reference. Are no, you happy? I, 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 don't, know if you, I don't know if you, you just saw me, but I just mouthed. Thank you. <laughs> I did it.
0: I don't want to do it today. <laughs> Thank
2: <laughs> Not you. Today. That's Not today. Not The first time I've done it. I it's, too can command the other side of the wind, sir. It's always you. Oh my God, Kate. Thank I you. wonder if Kate saw this movie. So I. Agree. She would have seen it if no. it was at Cannes. I agree
0: with you. I think. Do you think they would have played it in competition or in Cannes Classics?
2: I think it would have been in competition. I think it would have been in competition, too. And I think it would have won the Palme d'Or.
0: I don't. Is it
3: um, possible? Because it's not technically a... I guess it is a it this is. film. It yeah. is. There's it no
0: other way to look at like it. I mean, this is the year it finally was all put together yeah. and released. It's true. Uh-huh. I think that if you... I mean, so I guess I have seen... I haven't seen Capernaum, and I won't have seen it at AFI, but I've seen Black Klansmen and I've seen Shoplifters, so mm-hmm. one and two. And if that's the direction that the jury was going right. in, I can't see them veering towards This? this? Because shop Maybe. shoplifters and black clansmen are such direct appeals to the heart, right? Not that this isn't. I mean, I think this is a very emotionally affecting movie. Well, the truth th-
2: is, if Netflix was allowed to appear at Cannes, Roma, Roma, would Roma have probably won would have the won the Palm. Won the palm. Mm. And
0: I, you know, I like Shoplifters a little bit more than Roma. Oh, okay. Shoplifters in my in my That's top fair. ten list as of right now, Shoplifters is exactly one above Roma. Mm-hmm. And I also just love that Correta wins the Palm. Yeah. Um, I, Roma probably would have won. Yeah. But I do love this winner. I, I
2: love do this too. winner. I'm excited both, to see. They're both in my both top but ten. But I, I, wanted,
4: I wanted to...
0: What can, am I, like, last
2: threats. to see, like, Roma? Shoplifters. The fave. All right. The there Street. are a few... There's movies. a lot left. I know. There's only six weeks of the year left, and it feels like I... There's and some so older movies things. I missed. I
0: know yeah. that Ben hated it, but Western is probably top of my list of movies, movies that I see. missed from earlier this year. I mean, it was
2: top of my list of a movie to see it for a, a while. I saw
0: it. For a while, I would only put Ugh. like two movies on my watch list, and Western is the it is now the oldest one on that list of like nine. But I, I need to check it out. So I want to talk about Give it. A look. I don't necessarily want. We don't have to talk about it. But yes, the movie is about masculinity as a prison, but it also. It also is about friendship and it's about betrayal. It's about betrayal. And there's a uh, two lines that I wrote down at it the end. And I believe that Zara says both of these and I think they're beautiful. So, one with an old friend it's quite enough to know he's there. Mm-hmm. And then Aww. she sort of undercuts it by yeah. saying the bad thing is to find out a friendship was between a couple of other people.
2: Mm-hmm. I wrote that part down. I wrote it down myself. It's brutal. brutal.
0: What did I do wrong, daddy?
2: I'm making a short film about that concept.
0: Oh, wonderful. (laughs) But maybe I'll tie it back to Billy here, who I think is the most devastating character in the movie. Everyone knows that Billy is sober. Mm -hmm. No one is trying to... And and, and not that, you know, at a certain level, it's... I don't don't need to jump into feelings on sobriety, but Jake eggs him on to, like, have that drink. Yeah. And he's like, he he ran out of gumdrops, Mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. And Billy has been by his side since he was a child. Right. And has stuck around, and, and also on the flip side, it shows that Jake is actually, a, had, has been a really loyal friend, and that he continued to employ him. Uh, it reminds me of Robert Altman, like, mm-hmm. holding on to actors and giving them roles throughout their careers. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that he kept Billy around, and once he was, you know, not a cute little kid anymore, and couldn't be, couldn't have one of those small parts that he had in the old Hanover pictures, like, he employs him as, he puts him on the payroll. Right. As some sort of producer, mm-hmm. second AD type thing. Right. And then after, like, what, 12 years of sobriety or whatever it is, Jake is on a fucking tear, mm-hmm. and they're old friends, and his loyalty is more to raising hell and mm-hmm. sowing discord and division than protecting Billy. Right. And Billy is the last one at the at the drive-in, mm-hmm. and he's just screaming about how, like, make your own movie or yeah. whatever. And that's one of the saddest part, like one of the saddest images in the movie to me. Like Billy seems to have everyone's best interest at heart, and yeah. he is done the most dirty by and everybody. He's, he's yeah.
2: protecting Jake and with the film exec, the yes. studio exec, they, so hard.
0: They make him go and do it exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gumdrop.
3: He's got. The... I love when he's yeah when they're screening the first part of the. That's great. I want to like think of what his voice sounds like to do it. Here's
2: here's the movie if anyone wants to see it. Yes. Yeah. Here I, it is. I almost did His that voice in David Lodge. Like he's like
0: fireflies. I'll drink to that. Mm. And then later one of the other characters who is like on the payroll shines mm-hmm. a flashlight at him and is like, "Look, Billy, fireflies." Like they're just fucking with him. Mm-hmm. And he's the nicest sweetest boy. Yeah. So sad. Sti- sti- Steve Steven a Stephen Stephen Youn and Norman Foster are basically one and two from my mm. supporting actor of the year and I had like said on Twitter that it was Norman Foster but then I like Stephen Yeun is just I like, think that's just one of the greatest performances I've seen in mm. a long time and so is Norman Foster yeah. but it's they're doing very different things right. this is why we sh- shouldn't compare performances movies art. anything
1: art is uncomparable <laughs> it is
0: art is uncomparable
1: <laughs> it's own thing everything is it's own thing
3: what voice is that that's a um... I don't know <laughs>
2: don't be thick in front of me Dale it almost devolved into how I think a French new wave voiceovers <laughs> Je bon. Je de, I don't know any French
1: words <laughs> 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 Je les dans la rue, Le mépris. What is wrong
2: with oh my god. Us? Thank you. I've seen a lot of French New Wave movies in my day.
0: Very good. Mm.
1: Very good.
2: Thank you.
0: Can we move on to homework? Yes. Any other thoughts on the other side of the wind? I mean, I mean plenty, yes. Plenty.
2: But not right now. Fine. So we will move on next to our <laughs> not homework. Right now. Not
0: right now. We'll move on to some homework here. So some unwieldy tour
1: pictures. We are the October pictures. Oh we'll do a pictures. The first film oh, man. that we will discuss. Is Elaine May's Ishtar.
0: Can we talk about Apocalypse now
1: first? Oh sure. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine.
3: I'm still grappling with the apocalypse now because I watched it Jean this Morrow. morning for the first
0: time. Oh, oh so yeah. what's your impression?
3: Mm. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did I not see it? Well, I'd seen like bits and pieces of it, but yeah. I'd never seen it from start to finish. It's
0: another movie about daddies.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Daddy. It's,
3: um, you know, it's just <laughs> Icon- I, it's iconic. It's iconic. But like it is. <laughs> it's like one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, I'm still like <laughs> grappling with it. <laughs> it fucks. It fucks Sorry. You, man. I had
2: to yawn after doing it. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and to yawn like Stephen Yeun uh, Stephen Yawn. Stephen Yon. Steven Yawn. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Steven um. Yan! <laughs> that took you a minute. Him yawning is the
3: <laughs> sexiest thing I've ever seen.
0: It's good. I think that Apocalypse now moves in a similar vein to Burning. Just mm. in, I mean very different movies, this. but just since we're connect- since we're talking about Stephen Yon and we're talking about Apocalypse now. Just that it 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 as it moves on, the character is just journeying. Mm. Obviously, it's based on Heart of Darkness. You do a but of I was going to bring up Conrad on when we were talking
2: about burning. Just you to, did. Oh, I did. Just a brief mention. Oh, well and then, great. I already said it. And
0: it's
3: very um what homework the hersog that we what is? Oh it? yeah,
2: Agiri the Wrath It is. I see that too.
3: Agiri is very. Agiri came out after.
0: No, really? Agiri
2: would have been first.
0: Seventy seven for Agiri.
2: I thought it was even earlier, but I could be wrong. 72? I think it was like 72 or 73, I thought. But yeah, yeah just that. Just,
3: and it's very, uh, like um, Lost City of Zed, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. love, I love a journey into a Heart of Darkness movie. Yeah. And this is the one. It's the one. It's this the, is the
2: one. I think it is.
3: the singular one.
2: I think it is the most beautifully shot movie in the history of film. Wow. It's, it's insane. I think it is. Sure. Um, it's a movie that touches me in a deep place in my soul. Because it's about the emptiness of life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and how and how obsession and, doesn't save you from yeah. that, and how war is just totally insane, you mm-hmm. know, and it is <laughs> pointless. It is Hell. the most true, honest portrayal. It's just the most damning portrayal of war. Mm-hmm. Without, like, Ever? it doesn't take up hard. Like, point of view. No, I mean, it, it, it just shows yeah. Yeah. And what and, happens. And
0: that's yep. how it's, I feel similarly about Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. just in that it's the idea of it not having a point of view. And it's like, well, look at the hell that these yeah, soldiers are going through. Look, look, look at the pressure that they're under as they're cutting these wires. Like, the filmmaker isn't, you couldn't say that she's shooting this as if to suggest what a fun time. Like, yeah. it, it's hell. And Apocalypse Now obviously pioneers that concept. Mm-hmm. It's just. I mean, days of, or, um, paths of glory, yeah. you could also say,
2: but head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Defoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun. A reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. It's hard to talk about Apocalypse Now in the year of our Lord 2018 because... So much has already been said about apocalypse.
0: Right. Now. I mean, I could talk about the sound design of the fan blades being right. the chopper blades. We could talk about that. We could mm-hmm. what is it, Pink Floyd with the smashing yeah. of the fist into the mirror? We could talk mm-hmm. about that. And we could talk we could we could talk about how and the that use was of the doors. Yes, and of course.
2: The way and that he had to blow up the village. He was not allowed to leave the village when they stopped <laughs> shooting, and that's what the blowing up is in the movie.
3: Wait, what was that?
2: The where the thing the enclave where they find Marlon Brando mm-hmm. was built for the movie and they told him you have to destroy it before you leave. You can't mm. leave that here. Mm. So it's blown up. And so he did. So he blew it up. And there the rest goes. the rest is film history. Wow. And like all of like the it is like myth making on a Jake Hannaford level like he was like, "This is gonna be the first movie that won that wins the Nobel Prize." Like, this movie isn't. This isn't a movie about war. This movie is war. Like all of that shit. That and the production he did. history
0: reflects that as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, I read Roger Ebert's review right before y'all came over. His mm-hmm. original review. He also has a great movie essay about it, but his original review opens with this Francois Truffaut quote that uh, Francois Truffaut originally said: "A good movie." or great movie has something to say about the world and something to say about filmmaking and then he later would take that back and said i'm only interested in movies that show either the, the ecstatic joy of filmmaking or the absolute hell of filmmaking and i don't want anything in between and i think apocalypse now shows both i think the other side of the wind also the shows the joy both. and the hell mm-hmm. of
0: filmmaking yeah, so I didn't rewatch it for the podcast, and I haven't seen it in many years, and I have no regrets. I couldn't make it work, but I wish that I had been able to. But there is something... everyone's hot in that movie. Everyone mm. is very hot. There's something mm. about the mm. contrast between just the beautiful, beautifully realized scope of the film mm-hmm. and the images themselves. It's pristine. Exactly. They're they're delectable. They're textured and they're pristine, and they they cause some sort of emotional and intellectual rupture in you depending on the scene while at the same time what it's depicting is so brutal Mm -hmm. that there's a bit of a dissonance involved between the beauty of the images and the 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 real human horror and destruction going on i mean in the in the ride of the valkyrie scene Mm -hmm. those oh no the the first shot of the film even um with 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 the bombs going off against the trees like the way i mean just a this is, of course, not the first movie nor the right movie you should talk about, but, like, it, it, you think about it in Burning, that intense close-up of the burning greenhouse, and mm-hmm. it's stunning and it's gorgeous, but it is it is about destruction and yeah. decay and corruption. And the first shot in Apocalypse now works on a similar wavelength. Just the epic scope of it is And there's also so something to be said impressive. about the
2: exploitative nature of filmmaking. Abso-
0: that's where I was going to go from here. Is it, it, and Yes, and the same goes for The Ride of the Valkyries dropping yeah. those bombs. It's like... Obviously, that actually happened. Obviously, the
2: Vietnam War did more damage than this movie did, but this movie did damage to the Earth. You know, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not CG, and that's mm-hmm. that makes it that makes it so literally marvelous. Yeah. Um, but the fact, I mean, and it, and it it's somewhat problematic, but yeah, it, it's certainly complicated. But having to reckon, and and it's p- partly probably why the film has such a visceral impact on you is that you are watching the destruction of war as it's happening on screen uh it's not a documentary but if you talk about what documentary is in terms of capturing something that's happening you can there's a million different definitions of documentary right mm-hmm. but coppola put a camera down and blew up a fucking jungle right that jungle's not there anymore <laughs> like that, yeah. that so that does add this documentary uh element to it and not that it's a hybrid just that it talks about it's just like, and this is actually mentioned in the other side of the wind, just like the camera as like truth teller. Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and the old adage that, uh, every movie is a documentary of its own making. Like yeah. you're literally shooting what you shoot. Therefore it's a documentary in that. Right. In and it's
0: way. something that's so wonderful about the other side of the wind, because especially with what did I do wrong? Daddy, mm-hmm. the way it clearly Bogdanovich is working out some of his own daddy issues with mm-hmm. wells in these scenes. Um, and in that way, it feels it feels like a behind-the-scenes portrait yeah. of me, of several real-life people yeah. while also having a dramatic purpose within the narrative of the yeah. film.
2: Um, this is very tangential, but in that Tamara Jenkins uh, podcast I was listening to, mm-hmm. um, her husband attributes a quote I have loved for a long time to Francis Ford Coppola. Good and movie. I, and I never first. knew that. What? What's the quote? Um. Your movie will never be as good as The Dailies or as bad as the first cut. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know that was him. That is apparently him. Hmm. I remember him saying that. Write that down. Write it down. Someone should write that, that down. That was
3: the, the film, no, the, um, it was the Lincoln a, Center. Yeah, the
2: the close-up. The close-up, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was on the close-up if you'd like to listen. Lincoln Center please Venmo us $42. Thank, Thank you. you. They Thank can't you. afford it. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Just give us free issues of Film Comment. Yeah, yeah.
2: I've I've already so. subscribed for like the next five years. Like okay. I have like the You're longest subscription option that they offer because it's the cheapest. Yeah.
3: Hell yeah.
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Robert Duval, hot comments. Please send me a full catalog of all fifty years. Every issue. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I want instead of. I think you. that's fair. I think yeah. that's a, a. You're not going to sell those. Humble so. request. Yeah, I, I think, think that so. it's. Totally.
0: In a way, you're building a new library. This is. You, you are justifying this by preserving film. Oh, I just need the kindling. <laughs> for the future. For the future fires. Yeah. <laughs> During the water wars. Yeah. For the impending. Water for when we wars. need to boil our water. Mm-hmm. Is there any. Anything to talk about here <laughs> um, in comparing Kurtz and Hannaford? I mean,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: I think there's plenty. I think it's a question of whether we want to.
2: Mm, We have to
0: start doing this podcast in the middle of the afternoon.
2: Sweaty face. (laughs) That's my Marlon Brando impression. Marlon Brando (laughs) showed up in Cambodia and Francis Ford Coppola was like, okay. And Marlon was like, I haven't read the script or the book. But I'm here. Uh, what are we doing? But I'm here. <laughs> What's this movie about? <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> Give me the money. <laughs> I've never watched the documentary about it. Hearts of I've Darkness. Never watched Hearts of Darkness. I love Hearts of Darkness. It's good. I'd like to watch
0: it. It is good, and it's directed by Mrs. Coppola, right? And
2: Eleanor, who just directed her first. That's right. Actual, actual non-documentary. And who is film. in that film? Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Well, it, that's right. I wanted to say Patricia Clarkson. Paris song. can wait. It's called. I'm going yeah. to Paris. Yeah, <laughs> It's called <laughs> leave it to heaven. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Starring Diane Lane. Did you guys see Desi- not this year? Did you
0: guys see Destination Wedding? By the way, no, no isn't it VOD? We'll talk. We'll talk about it another time. Mm. You've seen it? I watched about 40 minutes of it oh, while I yeah. was in New York at two in the morning, drunk with nice. my friend's girlfriend's sister. And how, how was that? We turned it off prematurely. Ooh, it's not good. It Seems
2: like a good plane movie, but no. You think if you, well, you I didn't watched watch it on, it on a, a plane? plane, I know. But do you think if you would, you would have? It's kept seriously it greater?
0: I mean, it's a great idea. What's it
2: called? The wedding? Destination wedding. That's right.
0: It's trying to both combine like Beckett's oh. and a screwball comedy oh. and a romantic comedy. Diane
2: Wiest doing Beckett. Oh. We never talked about that on the pod. We didn't talk we about it.
0: it. It was as terrifying and absurd Speaking as Beckett is. Speaking unwieldy auteur pictures. That <laughs> is Diane is one Wiest in a rock
4: in the park. Beckett. <laughs> that is unwieldy. It was
0: dark. It was layered. It was interesting. I love that. I mean, it was. She is such an expressive actor, yeah. And and like I just said, she she captures the tone of Beckett, which is absurd, mm-hmm. absurd. and bone chilling. Yeah. And and you know, I missed the first fifteen minutes or whatever, and it's not as if there would have been such an easy narrative or whatever right. to follow in the monologue. But she forces you to to be on her wavelength. Yeah. Something that we say on here sometimes. Something like, got to lean in a little. Yeah. You know, in the hands of a lesser rock, I can't say. <laughs> If it would have been as affecting, yeah. as commanding wow. in the hands of a lesser boulder.
2: I do command this rock. Two-time Academy Award, Award, Award winning rock, Diane Weiss. <laughs> yes. <She does. laughs>
0: Diane Weiss is a rock. The rest of us are just pebbles. Imagine
2: if her two Oscar winning roles were as rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Weiss, actress, rock. Hannah and her
4: sister. <laughs> One of the I, a, a, rock a rock caterer.
2: <laughs> a
0: caterer rock.
2: <laughs> A jealous
0: rock yes. of Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Imagine, Fisher like, Carrie Fisher man. and she just, just cuts rock. to her reverse shot as a rock <laughs> on the other side of the street. Just cars are passing by, it's just like frowning, <laughs> and,
1: so fa- and then a famous stage good. rock. That's so good. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> Diane Weiss, rock.
2: Don't speak. Don't speak as a rock. As a rock, yeah. Don't, she,
0: she's like someone's holding her, like, this is so dumb. I'm sorry. Someone's like holding her as the rock, like, next to a body of water. And she's like, don't skip, as in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Ishtar. Yeah, Ishtar. All right, so now we're talking about Lynn Mays Ishtar. So we
2: all Ishtar um, is one of the most fun first 20 minutes. <sighs>
0: yes, I'm loving it.
2: And the then per- the those first songs, fi-
3: the first 15 minutes.
2: Are good. You're like, oh, this isn't going to be the disaster that I thought it was.
3: Yep. And then the rest of the movie
0: happens.
2: I disagree. I mean, I, d- I don't think it's a disaster. I think that what... I don't think it's a disaster. I mean, I give it like I
0: think one what is a cl- <laughs> I think what is clunky about it is myself. what is most interesting about it, which is the way that it is talking about American interference in right. foreign governments. Um toppling left-leaning mm-hmm. insurgent parties yeah. and the great shot that I tweeted of Chuck Groden mm-hmm. on the phone with the picture of Reagan in the background. It is, yeah. it is absolutely damning about 80s foreign policy. Yeah. Of course, this is where the movie sort of loses its plot in my opinion, right. but I do think those are the most interesting strands. Yeah. But I, I, I tell you what, I know I, I found out today that folks think that Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman are miscast. I think it is brilliant stunt casting.
2: I think it's great. I
0: love watching them just be two fucking idiots and I it's don't... dumb and dumber.
2: It's great. I think this is... I love Dustin Hoffman a lot. And... Oop. And... But... Here Whoa. comes a but. Woo! I, I like Warren Beatty in this movie, is all I will say. Warren
0: Beatty is the best part about the movie. Warren Beatty yeah, is amazing is. in this
2: movie, and he, like, allows himself to be ugly and a doofus and so funny. sad and schlubby. Mm. And, I mean, he still has the body. Warren Beatty never lost the body. Yeah, but. When,
0: when Warren Brady is like... Brady. When Warren Beatty is like... Yeah, women just don't like me. It's yeah. like, okay, buddy. It's like, all right. But I think, that Elaine, shirt but I think yeah. Elaine May is working on, and, and Warren Beatty for them that are both working off that star persona. I mean, obviously, yeah. they both had a terrible time making the movie. It's not like they were simpatico on everything. But right. I think it's great casting, like, anti-casting on that level. There's a gag that I love in the movie. The first song that they're writing about telling the truth can be dangerous mm-hmm. business. For me, the joke is that business is extra syllables, and the mm-hmm. word that they're looking for is work. <laughs> That it can be dangerous work. <laughs> oh, that's funny!
4: But they just stick with yeah. it. yeah They keep with and business. They just keep going because like, it's yeah, genius. it's
1: one syllable too long.
2: They're, business. They're, it's genius. You're such a genius. You're such a talent. You're such, you're you're so such a talent. Uh, and when Carol Kane in that first scene is just so fucking boring, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, doing Julie that. Kavner. Carol Kane, move in with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it, then it's just like once we get to Morocco, we are off to the races with just like, what the fuck is this movie? I, just I, Isabella I Adjani and they think she's a boy. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> like
0: where these boobs come from? And,
2: and, and he keeps grabbing her
0: boobs. Yeah, I don't care for that. And they're just I'm like, like oh I really don't care for that, especially. Um, they're just like, what boob?
3: The whole rest of the movie is just boob. But
0: boop. I, th- there's something. Um, there's i I've been trying to think of it since I watched the movie this afternoon, and I guess I'm just not going to get it. But there's another movie that where oh, it. Um, it reminds me of Citizen Ruth, and oh, that, I you seen have, that you have you have never seen. So that. something to know about Citizen Ruth. I mean, you know what it's about, of course. So Laura Dern is this um, woman living on the skid marks of society. She's into like huff and glue. She gets pregnant, and she is caught between the pro-life and pro-choice movements, mm-hmm. both of whom are, in, in ways that echo the the story of Roe v. Wade, yeah. like both sides are manipulating her in order to get her to be their mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about much funnier in Ishtar. I mean, Citizen Ruth is funny, but it's a pretty dark film. Just the way that the CIA and then this uh, leftist radical organization are willfully manipulating... Warren Beatty and Dustin yeah. Hoffman's characters just in order to use them as agents yeah. is very funny to me and sort of its own scathing critique um, yeah. about 80s uh, U.S. foreign policy. Um, it's the
2: Americans. It's just the Americans. The I was TV thinking. Yeah, like it, uh, it. yeah. 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 Quality wise and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same.
0: I, I would say, I mean, I I, I I really enjoyed the film. There were stretches where I wasn't going along with it, but yeah. I pretty consistently liked it. I'm not gonna I I just wanna make clear to anyone who might be listening to this, I am not in misunderstood Masterpiece Camp. I think that it's a flawed movie. I yeah. think that it's I don't think it's an out and out failure, but I think a lot of what like, I was saying the clunkiest moments, I think, are its smartest moments. So it's frustrating that they're clunky in the first place. That's where this movie should really sing. Yeah. But I do love the first they're 20 just, minutes.
2: Yeah, and it is just, like, there are long stretches where it's just that I'm bored. Like Me too. Like, long stretches once they're in, Like, the first, like, 15 minutes in Morocco, I'm all in still. And then it just gets boring. I feel the same way. It oh, just like a camel. Oh, oh, the, the blind camel. camel is just a classic Camel The camel's good. I love, I do love Watch when out for his tooth.: Isabella Gnani is a boy for a minute, and he's like, I'm sorry, it's not my lifestyle, like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she not that there's anything wrong with that. Flashes. Him. Flashes or tits. It's like, oh. Singular tit. Yeah, you're right, it was just the one. Just the one. Just the singular. Yeah, one. I like
0: the first 15 minutes
2: of this and he movie. And he's like, well, look at that.
0: <laughs> I, I like, I love the first 15 minutes of this movie. I love the last 15 minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it is such a... I don't a even remember the last 15 because I was banging my head on
2: the table. <laughs> wow, oh, you hated the, it. Yeah, I hated this movie. You were movie. doing Hereditary. <laughs> so what, yes. did you, what did you hate about it?
3: <laughs> I hated it. I don't know. I can't describe why. I hated them. I hated... Um, I mean, that's a lot of people watching I, this movie. I hated so. the 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 plot. I hated... I hated it. I just... What it was, Roger
0: it? Ebert. I hated it. Uh, yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate
3: this movie. I liked the first 15 minutes. I thought, oh, this won't be bad. And yeah. then it fell off a cliff for me and it never got me back. The yeah. whole movie. By the end, I was so happy it was over. Yeah. That's it's how I just, felt.
2: I was in pain. I think I'm if sorry. I wasn't such an Elaine May fan, where. I know the rhythm of her jokes so well that just uh-huh. like that alone is comforting to me. Sure. That even though it's not the heartbreak kid, I'm still going to get some chuckles out of it. Sure. I'm not even such an Elaine May fan because I'm more familiar with her screenwriting
0: than I mean, this is this is my first direct This is the first Yeah, this is the first movie I've ever seen directed by Elaine. It is well, a guess bummer. what? It can only go up. Sure, from I, here. absolutely. It
3: is a bummer that like she never directed a movie after this. Yeah, yeah. This like ruined her. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and and I really I don't sad. think that this movie is any worse than any mediocre studio comedy. Come right, I, I think it, and I think it has much really bigger sad. ideas than any of those movies. Totally. Yeah.
2: yeah. It just and the jokes that are there are funnier and than you, a lot you of them. and
0: it's challenging. I mean, those to you know Brandon hates these two lead characters. They're kind of hard to stick around with unless you get on their level. Yeah. Yeah, get not, on that level, the, the, Brandon. The,
3: the history of this being such a failure is is a bummer because, you know, she never
0: came back from Yeah. It. She did get Oscar nominations for writing afterwards, but, yeah, she right, didn't direct. A, directed a movie she, never, yeah. I, she never, they never took another chance. And, I, I mean,
2: right. even it was uh, 11 years since she made Mikey and Nikki because that didn't make any money. So it's like she's... She struggled directing her entire career, not even just post Ishtar, but it was it was like Ishtar was the last chance. Mm -hmm. Someone threw her a bone and then if it was if it was a man
4: it it would have been he would directed again. It would have
2: just been like, okay, you take like three years off and then you come back to it. Whatever. Hollywood. I think it's a good I think it's a good movie.
3: Good movie. I now. think it's a big mixed
0: bag, but yeah. like I was saying, like the you stretches do. that I find most boring, I also find kind of interesting. I find them dark. I find them complicated. I find them layered. I find them ri- That's how pretty I feel rich. about *Heaven's Gate*. It's boring, but there are some interesting ideas. Again, I can't believe we. I mean, I love Isabella Johnny, but and I'm not pitting women against women. This is a legendary French feud, yeah. right? Between a Johnny and a New Pair, and we fell on the side of possession. Here we did. We fell on the side of Adele. Oops. Did I tell you guys about the time that I know I told you guys about this. I don't know if I've mentioned on the, on the microphone, but I was doing a, I was like on a radio show with a director programming it out fest to plug the festival earlier this summer, like some local LA. Um, it was actually, I think it's the, the, the oldest or the longest running gay radio show in Los Angeles. Aww. And I mentioned that our international centerpiece started Isabelle pair, who is maybe my favorite actress and one of the hosts went off on a tear. He was like, oh, I love her so much. She's great. I've admired her for so long. Oh, my God. And Adele H., she was so extraordinary. Oh. And I just sat there being like, am I going to say something? And then I decided to... And, of course, knowing me, my tone did not come across. But I was like, you're actually thinking of Isabella Johnny? Uh, this is Isabelle Pair, and that's quite a mistake to make. Oh. Or something like oh. that <laughs> on air. Oops. I have problems with my tone. I meant it nicely, but I don't think... I don't think we were friends for the rest of the show. Oh, oops, I meant it nicely. I meant it as a joke.
3: Maybe he's listening and can apologize. I, I hope, hope that he you. is. Please have can us you on. you ever forgive Daniel?
2: Tell us and r- write us ever an forgive iTunes review. Forgive Daniel, <laughs> write us a forge Dorothy Parker letter and let us know if you can forgive Daniel. <laughs>
0: I I don't have to forge it. I'll write it myself. The answer is no. <laughs> oh fuck. The answer is no. Stark.
3: You're deserving of love. That's dark. That's right. rich. That's interesting. Well, let's wrap it up. Okay.
0: Well, you're not in charge, but maybe well, we let's should. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Hold on. You're not in charge. Maybe we should wrap it up. What do you think? Daddy. Should we wrap it up?
3: But daddy. All
0: right. This has been another episode <laughs> of Movies IMO. Thrilled that you tuned in. <laughs> Thrilled that you chilled out. <laughs> Thrilled to have you on the program. We are... Nope, I'm doing it wrong. No, are next you? week. Nope. My name's Daniel Crook.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can do it in any order you <sighs> want.
0: But, uh, we've been doing this for a while, and I never... We change I'll never it learn. every time. My name's Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's, and I don't have an extra thing to say today. I'm... Oh, I mean, I just love The Other Side of the Wind. We love it. I want to watch it a third time. Mm. I hope that we... I mm. hope that we had talked about it at all. Like, it's... It's... Because it's, here's the thing, like... It's a it's a rich piece of work. It's layered. It's complicated. It's dark. It's interesting. But I actually, especially after a second time through, I don't find it that hard to follow. Like, I, no. it, it's more that the idea... I didn't find it hard the first time. Yeah, I didn't really either after the first, like, 20 minutes and I was... It takes to, a minute. Like, it's it's so well, what I,
2: crazy. <laughs> well, I love, like... Oh, that's <laughs> impossible to follow. The
0: first <laughs> half is so much noise and the back half is a lot of signal. Like... Yeah. which I love about it. Like it situates you in the fury of the storm Mm -hmm. and then it's not that the storm subsides, but it wrecks havoc. And then it leads to sort of a more silent melancholy destruction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, look for that on my top 10 list.
3: (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby.
1: I'm Ben. You can find, you can find me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter. at real. Todd Haynes.
0: (laughs) Next week, we are talking about. What are we talking about? We are talking about Steve McQueen's.
3: Oh. Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Long awaited (laughs) follow up to Best Picture Winner 12 Years Slave. I love McQueen. I'm very excited to see him mesh sensibilities with Gillian Flynn in Widows. Talking about widows.
1: Widows. (laughs) Widows (laughs) (laughs) Widows <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: starring Viola Davis.
0: <laughs> and Cynthia Harrivo and
3: Elizabeth Dubecky.
0: Debe- Should've gotten an Emmy nomination for <clears throat> The Night Manager. Yeah, I loved her in The Night She's Manager. So great in The Night Manager. I did manager.
2: not like The Night Manager. But I liked I lived, The Night Manager fine. I loved her in it. The Night
0: Manager just like moved along.
2: Remember when Tom Hiddleston accepted his Golden Globe and was children like- Children in Africa I, love watching The, the Night Manager. Children in Africa love The Night Manager. Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> he literally was like, they just all come up to me and tell me how much they love The Night Manager. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I think Hugh Laurie is good in The Night Manager. I also think... Yeah, he is.
0: But here's the thing, the two best performers... is there Olivia Colman in that?
2: Yes, and she did get the mm. nomination. Susanna Beer's new film, Bird Box, coming soon. Did you end up... No, you didn't end I up didn't, seeing it. Because it was a gala, and I was like, I'm not going to
0: So tell. Olivia Colman gives the best performance in The Night Manager, mm-hmm. followed by Elizabeth Debicki, and then followed by Tom Hollander.
2: The other Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those
0: are the three best performances in the Night Manager. Nice. Next week we'll be talking about Suzanne Beard's The Night Manager, and (laughs) all six parts from what 2016. How long ago was that? 2016. Yeah, 16. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, you know what? I like The Night Manager. I'm not gonna like. I I want to be cool, like, and say that Citizen Kane is overrated. Like, I want to be cool and say that The Night Manager is just for boys. But fuck it. No, I fucking loved The Night Manager. You know what? I watched it. It was just fun.
2: I find it boring.
3: I, I do find John it Le boring. It's John
0: It's boring in a fun way. Well.
3: Something in the same vein is Patrick Melrose, which I watched. Oh, did you watch it? I watched, that show doesn't exist. I watched two episodes, and you know what, Ben? You should tune in.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: You would love it. You oh, would love yeah. it. When the bill, it's actually quite good. Yeah,
0: when the billboards for Patrick Melrose went around town where it's just a Mad Men ripoff. hmm Benedict Cumberbatch sitting I mean, in an overflowing with a tumbler of scotch and I just wanted to make fun of it and then I found out sort of what it's about. It's mm. No Laughing Matter. Oh, it's right. No
3: Laughing Matter. It's based on these uh, series of novels, right. British, and um, I hate looking at Cumberbatch's face but it's like the best thing he's ever done probably. IMO.
2: That oh. wouldn't shock me. That's not a high bar you know? Right. <laughs> I remember thinking he
0: was so astonishingly good in Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I've never seen that. And being like, this is the guy to watch. Yeah. This is our guy. I think
2: everyone felt that way. And then I just... As noted by the next four years of roles. And, and then I just don't really like him in yeah. anything else. He really thinks he deserves an Oscar. And
0: you know what? Maybe he's a nice guy. Yeah. Maybe he has a lot of fans in Africa as well. Who knows? But... I'm not a big fan of his acting. Uh, yes, we're talking about widows next week. We're gonna also talk about Michael Mann's
1: Heat. Heat.
0: So that's S- a little hat tip to all the all, all the Michael Mann out there. Heat. And we're also talking about Jules Dassin. Or uh, yeah, yeah right. Jules Dassin. Oh,
2: fuck! I love Jules Dassin. Révivi. Révivi. V. I will be able to do this voice a lot next week. Great. We're doing. Well, Jules
0: Dassin's not French. Doing French. He's not French. Isn't the movie French? I think the movie's French, but Jules Dassin is not French.
2: Where is he from?
0: He's American. Oh, I didn't know that. Let me just double check because I don't want to have to cut this out. He's an American film director,
3: director, producer, writer, and actor. Yeah, he's got that French name, but Jules
0: Dassin is American. And if you have never seen. I mean, The Naked City is great, but the one that I really love, which I. I'm having to look up the name of, which is embarrassing. Uh, Night in the City. Oh, Love Night in the City so much. That, um, a long time ago in a galaxy. Yeah, Richard Park, Widmark way. in that movie is just the slimiest, mm-hmm. most desperate baby. So oh. we're talking about widows, we're talking about heat, and we're talking about Reefy. You can find Movies IMO on Twitter. On
1: Twitter. On
0: Twitter. At Movies IMO.
1: At Movies IMO.
0: <laughs> Please. please
2: write now i'm doing spanish please write
0: us a review on the itunes store please write us five stars and answer the question what's your favorite side of the wind
1: (laughs) yes yeah tell us
0: tell us what's your favorite side of the wind
2: Who's your daddy? Oh, that's
0: better. (laughs) Sell us.
2: What did you do wrong, daddy? (laughs) Well,
0: no, what did you do wrong to your daddy? Yeah.
2: What did you do wrong Mm. to daddy? Mm. Don't wake daddy. (laughs) Don't (laughs) wake daddy. Final thought. Final thought on (laughs) the other side of the wind. Where's the (laughs) Hasbro (laughs) tie? Give us a million dollars. Hasbro can afford it.
0: (laughs) I just want to mention that at the end of The Other Side of the Wind, when Jake drives off the property, we linger on a cactus that looks like it's giving you the middle finger mm. nice. mm-hmm.
2: to match right. the enormous... <laughs> the phallus? The pink dick. In, the, <laughs> film, in over the film. That is knocked over by the wind. Oh, God, the big dick in this movie. Oh.
0: This movie has... It, it, I don't think, it, think it's over, but... Like, big
2: dick The movie has big dick energy Do and a lot anyway.
0: of small dick energy and a lot of curved dick energy. Oh. And I want you to just, like, fade this out as... <laughs> Anything else?
2: And no dick energy.
3: Say something in French.
0: Wait, hold on. Can I say something? And then can, you, can, I, can I say something in English and then you'll say it in French? Sure. I'm finished. I'm
1: finished. <laughs> the winner is Jane Fonda.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Pulling
3: up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks...